Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who's in and out. Pete, a three-time Pro Bowler, feels like a priority signing for the Saints. No, Pete's done, man. Considering the consistency he brings to the offensive line, nah, no, which needs it. Turner never made it in the training camp. It is unclear if the Saints want to gamble again on a veteran who's entering his 11th NFL season. I would say no to that because the Clint Kubiak train is here. It just it parked off at the Amtrak station right by the Superdome. He got off, walked into the dome, <laughs> and now he's here. And you want to see the type of guys run that style of offense, that zone blocking system. And I don't think that's Andrews Pete at all. And Trey Turner is a guy. Maybe, I don't know. I think uh, Clint Kubiak might have his own ideas of who he wants. Keith Fraden's offensive tackle. They're looking at the needs, offensive tackle, edge rusher, and defensive tackle. Do you guys agree with this? Do you agree with the key needs that's listed here? Do you agree that offensive tackle? Obviously, the biggest need I think the Saints have is the offensive tackle position, no doubt about it. You don't have a blindside tackle currently. Andrews Pete was the blindside tackle that the Saints were using. Now you do have a formal, you do have a first round draft pick, a former first round draft pick offensive lineman that was drafted to play tackle, but he did not excel after the, at the left tackle position who would have known that he would have failed that. Yeah. Well, anybody with common sense would have known that because there is a special breed of rookie left tackle people that you put at that position, you know, and you know who they are when they come out of college and Penning wasn't that guy I knew he was athletic and gifted. I just didn't think he was that guy. When you know, you know those type of guys when you see him coming out of college. When Buscelli, Tony Buscelli came out of college, you knew who he was. You seen guys like Pace, Orlando Pace, when he came out of college, you knew. Willie Rofe, when he came out of college, you knew. You see these guys and you know who they are. You see what they look like. And I just didn't see left tackle uh, in pinning and pinning. Saints will have to figure out what to do with pinning. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Edge rusher. Is edge rusher number two to you guys? Do you really think edge rusher is number two? The Saints are littered with edge rushers, right? You might not like them. Some people might agree. They might say, Q, Cam is old, but Cam's, Cam is being paid. Cam is being paid as starter money. Starter, he will play. You gave Carl Granderson money on the other side. He will play. You look at the guys that you have. You have a first-round draft pick you put on Peyton Turner. The Saints still want to see if he can play. You drafted another guy in the second round of the draft last year and Isaiah Foskey, the snowman. The Saints want to see if he can play. So the Saints have <laughs> is one thing they have is they have edge rushes. Now, there's questions around three of those guys. Now, Cam, he's he we, we, his age, and the fact that he's he had that ankle issue that slowed him down greatly last year. A lot of people thinking Cam could be possibly done. I'm not one of those people. I think Cam Joy could still give you something. Uh, now, in terms of Peyton Turner and Isaiah Foskey, the snowman, the word is still out on them. Peyton Turner just can't stay healthy. He, uh, he just cannot stay healthy. He'll have another opportunity this year to figure out whether he can or not. 
But edge rusher, I don't know if it's a top need for the Saints. Uh, you know, with the, with with uh, what they added. And remember, the Saints signed uh, or pretty much bring in. They brought in three new acquisitions into the interior defensive line with Nate Shepard, uh, uh, yeah, a big boy who stepped up in there. Nate Sa- uh, 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 Colin Saunders, Nate Shepard, and Brian Bercy. Those guys with three additions. Proceed through the draft, the other two through free agency to revamp the Saints' interior defensive line and the aforementioned defensive lineman that is that sits there. And of course, you have Passanio that's there as well. So, is edge rusher really that big of a need at the at the top three position need? I, I don't. I wouldn't say something. He got defensive tackle up here. I would disagree with that. You know, I don't think edge rusher is. Like, I mean, you can get one later on, or if one falls to you, if you have one, I, I guess you would take it. But in the end. They're still the way the Saints operate. We're not talking about how you think because you're a normal person with good sense. We're talking about the New Orleans Saints organization who I, that <laughs> they, see you looking at it and your intelligent way. We're talking about the Saints over here. You got to jumble up that thinking a little bit. Why the holes? Pete could walk. The Saints are still recovering from pinning shortcomings and flirtation with being a first round draft bust. The New Orleans, the Saints defense is in need of someone to put more heat on the quarterback as New Orleans tallied only 34 sacks last season, tied for the fourth fewest in the league, which is a good point. The, the, the fewest sacks and the pressures. So how do you then compensate for that? Because even if you do bring in more talent, how did the talent did get to the for, to the forefront unless injuries occur? And if Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson is there, and the situational pass rusher is Peyton Turner or Ozzie Foskey. How did this other edge rusher makes it to uh, the forefront to add something to the team? Is this something schematically the Saints could do to improve upon getting the pass rush done? Uh, do do Dennis Allen have to do something differently? Be a little bit more aggressive in terms of is if that's concerned. Move some guys around. I mean, is this something schematically we can do? to do that because I really don't think they're going to take no edge rusher high. That's just, I just, I don't think thinking how they think, I don't think they're going to do it. Do they have the money? The saints have the second worst salary cap situation. This was right in prior to the restructuring here of the core deal. You know, you can see that $38.8 million potential cap cuts here is Michael Thomas. And they got Elvin Kamara. Elvin Kamara is not going anywhere. Um, in my estimation, Mike Thomas, I do believe that Mike Thomas, could is is played this last season in the with the Saints. I think both people need a change of venue. I think the Saints could uh, definitely move on for Michael Thomas, and I think it's time. I think Michael Thomas feels like it's time for him to move on. That uh, he's not appreciated here. He had the little stuff going on with Twitter, and usually when they start doing that, that's a t- a telltale sign that they're on the outside looking and about to move on. Why they might be gone, the Saints can't guard Mike. Old as he says, of old, is long gone and the number one threat at wideout. He's now a 12.4 million schedule hit against the cap in 24. As Elvin Kamara, again, the Saints are facing these pesky salary cap issues and their star running back is an almost 19 million schedule hit against the cap. I don't think Elvin goes nowhere this year, but if you go and pull up Elvin Kamara's contract and see that year where it jumps when it has that astronomical jump there, do the Saints pull the trigger and say, okay, we're going to go with a different style of running back here with Clint Kubiak's system? Hmm. Is that something to think about? Remember, when we have all of these ideas in mind, remember Clint Kubiak is your offensive coordinator and IP Carmichael, which thrives in that capacity. But then again, 
remember what Clint Kubiak was able to do with Christian McCaffrey. Now him and and Elvin Kamara are not exactly the same guys, but these guys, but in a system, these dual, these multi-purpose faceted style running backs like an Elvin Kamara and a Christian McCaffrey. Could you imagine what a Clint Kubiak style offense offense could do for one as talented as Elvin Kamara, man, one could only imagine what that could be, what that pairing could really be, to be honest with you, fam. That would be phenomenal. But uh, we'll see how it all face. Draft picks, uh, first round pick, number 14, the second round pick from the Broncos, a 45 pick, and then the Saints don't pick until the fifth round. And, they got, uh, and of course, we'll see about what the compensatory models also lay out for us. Fifth round, sixth round, sixth round. They got two sixths from the Eagles and one seventh. We'll see what the compensatory pick models lay out for us as well. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. DGX says, Q, do you think drafting the alignment is priority? Because uh, drafting is uh, or drafting a skilled player. Um, me personally, family, I don't. If you're picking high at number four, if you're picking in the middle of the draft at 14, um, you you liable to get anybody right there, and I mean to say, like you go, you're gonna get a good player that could fall to you. Might get a good, a really good offensive lineman that falls to you right there. But you got a hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback. What do the Saints do? They're clearing up this money. They can obviously be players in free agency. They can go in free agency and see if they can find a veteran offensive lineman because you're gonna have to get offensive linemen to to kind of fit your 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 scheme or what you're doing. I think. A guy like McCoy, and I even think Ruiz, those guys are athletic enough to be able to do what you want them to do. But I'm more than certain that Clint Kubiak's also going to have to go, him and John Benton, who's the offensive line coach, they're going to put their heads together and figure out uh, which offensive lineman that's out there that fits what they want to do. And remember, the Saints, they had uh, running woes all up and down the season last year. They couldn't consistently run the ball. They couldn't consistently open up running lanes. For Kamara, or Jamal Williams, it was very frustrating. Uh, offensive linemen at consistent intervals would look confused when they pull out. If this, if you're doing toss and sweeps, they would get out there and then not block anybody. Sometimes it will miss blocks and the play would be disjointed. It wouldn't be as profitable as it, it was intended to be. You know, it just wasn't, it just was, it was half-assed. So if you want to get your, the, the type of people you want in there, I think Clint Kubiak probably want to focus on getting that offensive line right because you're not going to have much going on if you don't hit that line right. So that's probably the biggest part of what they got to do. What they have to figure out is get the right collection of offensive linemen there to get that system going. But you're looking at O-line. I think O-line has to be a priority. You're looking at not only at the left tackle position, but how about the left guard position? You know, I mean, people like Hurst, but and at some points in the times, I remember Hearst looked a lot better. He's gotten older and Hearst is ready for the Hearst, the black one, you know, ready, the, the, the black one and, and take him somewhere where it's quiet at, you know, where a lot of stone is sticking up out of the ground. Because the bottom line is we, they, they looked, they just looked terrible. The left side of the line didn't look hot. Uh, McCoy at times was on the ground as much. I, I, I joked about it during the season. McCoy was on the ground so much. I thought he was. Uh, uh, he was doing, he was a, a landscaper. <laughs> I thought he was a damn landscaper up there on the ground, planting flowers and stuff, putting mulch down. I mean, he was on the ground a lot. And Cesar Ruiz wasn't exactly uh, uh, not far off. I mean, they really didn't look like nothing. And of course, 
Ryan Ramchek, your highest paid offensive lineman at the right tackle position, probably is not going to play next year. So right tackle, left tackle, potentially left guard. Yeah, you got like three spots on your team that are question marks that he would have to deal with to find he being Clint Kubiak telling Dennis Allen, hey, I want this guy. I need this guy to run this. And whatever he gets, he's going to give him a grocery list and he's going to go for it. But I think offensive linemen, it's got to be on, up on that list if you're looking at it through a draft perspective. But also, skilled players, too. Like, you you know, Mike Thomas, I think Mike Thomas, Thomas is done uh, with the Saints. So if a skilled wide receiver falls to the Saints at 14, do you take him? How about a fantastic tight end out of the University of Georgia? Hmm? How about him? How about the best tight end in the draft if he falls to you there? And really, not really a traditional tight end. You know, the guy is, you know, kind of different. He's a different mold of tight end. If he falls, do you take him and, and plug him into your Clint Kubiak-style offense? So, I mean, are we flexible, as flexible as we think we are? If Lattimore is a guy that uh, is is in, consumed in trade rumors, and if he's a trade piece, do you address that position? You see? So, I mean, it's a lot of stuff shaking and going on right here that the Saints can move around and go to with that pick, man. So, thanks for the question. All right, Rams says, uh, who that Q? Long time no here, getting ready to celebrate my 30. Oh, congratulations, brother, to you next week. And big ups to you, Ramsey. 34 years being married, man, that's a very positive thing. So, shout out to you, brother. Pre- you know, shout out to you and your wife, man. DJX says left tackle is the biggest need. Yes, whether, yeah, receiver. I agree. Receivers up there too, fam. All right. So anyway, let's get back to the article. You see the draft picks right there. I, and of course a good draft fit Brock, Brock Bowers. They mentioned here in an article. Why him? He ranked number three on, on somebody's draft prospects list. And he does have versatility, especially a creative offensive coordinator. He's a willing blocker, but has limits in an inline position is his ability to win outside and in the slot passing game along with his ability to create explosives. Whenever he touches the ball is worth the price for a team with a plan. So, Clint Kubiak's a guy that does have the offensive imagination to perhaps use a, a Brock Bowers in in uh, league with perhaps a Jawan Johnson, another player that we can unlock and get a lot of good value on. Jawan Johnson had a difficult season. I mean, he had a lot of positives in there, but man, my goodness, man, to be honest with you, the Saints offense at times, you know, it just was... I, I don't know. I mean, at times things could have been a lot better. I, uh, you know, I shout out to John, brother John. Uh, we did a, uh, uh, a um, breakdown on, I pricked a uh, breakdown on Chris Olavi. Uh, it's one of my, you know, my, my favorite player for the saints in this past year. I picked Chris Olavi. I did a report on him talking about uh, his statistics. And I thought that this kid could have had a lot better statistics. If it was better offense and quarterback play, he could have had over a hundred catches on this year and turn in a lot of positive stuff. So it's, it'll, we, we'll see how it all acts. All right. DJX. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate you, fam. Appreciate you. All right. He says, thanks Q for my opinion. I can get ready for the, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. You know, I, the rock opened that up, man. He got that, uh, took both those leagues and combined them. And what I didn't like, he eliminated like four teams out of the leagues, including the breakers. And I don't know if they'll bring them back at a later date, but I just thought that was, yeah. I ain't like that, man, you know. But anyway, Dana says O-line, D-E, or D-E, O-line. Okay, she got defensive line and offensive line as needs. Okay, thank you. 
Govada says you still need Ed Roger. Cam getting older and you got two question marks with Foskey and Turner, but OT, OT at offensive tackle should be the first need. I get you with the Cam thing, but like we said, when we often think about fan, when we talk about the New Orleans Saints, remember what we always do. We look at it from our perspective. A lot of times you guys got to remember when you're dealing with the Saints, you ain't always dealing with commonsensical people here. You know, you're not always dealing with people that's looking at it the same way. You, you get what I'm saying? Oftentimes you got guys that's doing it. Like, like I said, well, that's why when I approached the defensive end position, I was saying to you guys, how whoever you decide that you're going to sign and bring on the team, how in the hell are they going to get to the field? I mean, you got to go through Dennis Allen to get to the field. And we know Dennis Allen, even though he's a good defensive coordinator, he sucks as a head coach. So, I mean, I, I'm good for having depth there. But, like, remember we talked about this before where when we get to training camp and we were pushing to, for them to sign a veteran defensive end to bring him here, and the Saints would not sign a credible defensive end. And you could pick the guy, whether it was Robert Quinn or um, same dude we always talk about every year. Which, what's his name? I forgot his name, man. Uh, 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 Clowney. It'll be Clowney. Yeah, Q, they need to go get Jadavion Clowney or um, what's the brother that played for the Colts, the Bears, uh, and all these other cats. I mean, we would often say, yo, let's go out and get this guy. Do the Saints go out and get him? And they never go and get him. Who do they end up getting? They end up getting some guy that you never heard of from some practice squad from somewhere that won't ever see the light of day. Why do they do that? Because the Saints have on their team the guys that they want to be there. And those guys, and like we talked about Cam, Cam getting old. But remember, Cam's plan for them drafting Cam was Peyton Turner, right? We knew that that was Davenport's replacement, but he doubled as a potential for Cam. So you already got, in their mind, Cam's replacement on the team and the personage of Peyton Turner. And then when that went awry, the Saints then doubled down this past year and get Isaiah Foskey, the snowman, which is which from a college standpoint, the guy has it all. He just had a really horrible uh, rookie year. <laughs> he was hurt. He didn't see the field well. And when he did finally see the field, he was a rookie, you know, <laughs> so you would have to we would have to see a much more improved Isaiah Foskey coming up this season. He's, he's got the athletic ability. He has the size. He got to get a little bit more stronger. He got to work on his fundamental stuff, his, his movements, his techniques. But at the end of the day, that's how they seeing it. So even if you look at for Cam's replacement, it was supposed to be Peyton Turner, first round draft pick, second round pick. These are high draft picks we talking about here that the Saints drafted. And we know the Saints don't want to look bad when they draft these guys and then bringing more guys on top of the, you know, over them to play on the team. They're just simply not going to do that. That's what I was saying to you guys about them doing that. I don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening. All right. So anyway, like I said, we talk about normal people. now. <laughs> we talk about the Saints. That's all a whole nother level of crazy. You know, so like I said, like I, I could bring up the uh, depth chart. Hold on. Here. I'm a, I can bring up uh, the Saints. Uh, Hold on, let me see if I get the unofficial depth chart for the Saints. But that's that's what I'm saying at the end of the day. Uh, offensive line, that's a that's an easy one because they there are basically three spots that the Saints need to deal with for the Saints for the for the offensive line. 
the left tackle position, the left guard position, and the right tackle position. Uh, Ramchek, knee, he's not going to play next year. He's he that is so serious that he might not play for the you know depending on what the um, what the doctors say about Ramchek playing in the future, but from what um, a lot of people are saying, word on the street, it ain't looking good for Ramchek, you know, for him playing. So especially next year, you know, so you you have to look that down. You don't have a left, and listen, those are big needs. We talking left tackle and right tackle, the bookends. So at some point, even if you decide uh, Penning's going to be running one of those guys, and that's not something that they decided on yet because Kubiak has to figure out if the guy has it or if they're going to kick him inside to be a guard, maybe the left guard or whatnot. I personally think that he needs to be tried at the right tackle position before they ultimately decide to guard him up and turn him into a guard. Let's try him at right tackle. But right now, you know, with how does the young guy come back from, he's a first round draft pick that people are throwing bus at right now. He's a potential bus, this, that, and the third. He can very well turn this around. He really could. I mean, it, he has the pro, he has the temperament. Now, whether he, he said in, in interviews that he was suffering from confidence issues, because of that, that's not good. Him being buried. Now, one or two things can happen. He can sunk fur. He can sink sink further down in the dirt, or he can rise and take the challenge of being a, of of stepping up. So I won't don't want him to be a left tackle. That's out. Although I can try him at the right tackle position because it's a first round grade, and you just can't have a first round draft pick guy on your team uh, that is going to. You got undrafted guys or guys off the street like Cam Irvin. They did that to him last year. At Cam Irvin off the off the practice squad playing at the position and and you got a first rounder that you have to give him an opportunity to kind of prove himself at least under the new group of offensive coaches to see if he has what it takes to be there. So, man, that's very fascinating that whole little situation. So, but they still got several other spots on off offensive line and that's the most important position. A lot of this stuff that Kubiak's talking about doing with the 49ers offense, man, you got to have big, strong, mobile offensive linemen that can move and know what they're doing. And they got to have an attitude when they're out there. They can't, they ain't out there playing patty cake with these guys. They can't be out there playing patty cake with these guys. They got to go out there and maul these guys out of the way to free up room so the running back can get to that, that area of space. They got to get out there and make it happen. And we ain't see that often with the Saints this past year, but. Like I said, man, we'll see how it all shakes and goes, man. Y'all keep throwing your questions in. Quave says we should be just paying t- says we should be just paying Taysom over ten million dollars to play special teams or a gadget player. That's too much money for that. Taysom is old, man. Taysom is one of those players we talked about that's up in age. Taysom Hill is how old is Taysom Hill, man? Taysom Hill is in his mid thirties, I want to say. He's one of those guys. Taysom Hill is, I think, I want to say, yeah, he's thirty three years old, man. Taysom is a third. He's one of those guys. He's one of them, those, those older productive players. And that's making, that's making a lot of money. Uh, But how does Taysom Hill look in Kubiak's offense? That's a whole, that's another thing too. Does, do the saints keep using him in the same capacity with Clint Kubiak? There's a lot of different components here to be considered. Like once it really settles in with the who that nation that, 
that uh, Clint Kubiak is here and not showing Peyton's system anymore or, or, um, or, or his acolyte, you know, Pete being here anymore and Sean Peyton's gone. And now it's Clint Kubiak's uh, 49er style offense. You know, it's, you know, a mixture of Kyle with Kyle Shanahan doing all this kind of stuff here. Does Taysom fit? You know, how, you know, how do certain players look in Kubiak style of system is the question. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. I would think anybody is as polished and as uh, uh, athletically gifted in a utility player like Taysom Hill could be used in a multitude of different roles. I remember the Saints was using him as fullback at one time. That was fascinating. He does whatever uh, the team wants him to do. So he could be a force in anybody's offense. He's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Dana says, it true, Bacar, not only the QB, uh, Juwan played with, it's 2024. If Juwan was going to be a dog tight end, he would have been. Look at Dalton Kincaid in his rookie season. You either got it or you don't know. Ah, yeah, you make a great point there, Dana. But you, like I said, the Saints offense last year, man, you know, I, I, it just, it just was, it just, when, when the quarterback struggles and when the quarterback can't find you, you could be running the best routes. You could be presenting yourself, uh, going out there and doing your thing. And if the guy is throwing, if he's looking in a different direction or if he's throwing the ball at your feet or throwing it above your head or throwing it in a spot where you have to reach out and get hit and take the ball and get hurt. I mean, it, it all works together. Like, and I was like, everybody's statistics could have been a lot better with better play from Carr, with better play from the offensive line, uh, from better calling from the offensive head coaches. I mean, the offensive brass in the, in that level, the Pete Carmichael's and so on and so forth. But like I said, it, it just taints everything. So if Carr balls and he does what he's supposed to do, you see Jawan Johnson's go, numbers go up. You see Chris Olave get 100 catches, you know. That opens up everything. That even opens up the offensive line plays better. It opens up Elvin Kamara to possibly get a thousand yard rushing season, you know, or something to that ilk. I mean, we, it just everything was just so skewed because of, of random ass quarterback playing bad offensive schemes. Randy says, "What's up?" Randy says, "Clint Kubiak's dad is the grandfather of modern day offense alone." Was indeed, indeed, yeah, his Kubiak's dad, yeah, Gary Kubiak. Yeah, it's that's yeah, yeah. Taysom is 33. I just looked it up. Also, Randy says we use Taysom the like how yeah, I was thinking about that, but like use check. Could that be something? I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting. Could we use Taysom like Kyle use check? Taysom 6'2, he about 230 pounds. Hmm. Kyle, let me see. How big is Kyle use check? Let me see. Let me give me a second. Let me look up something. That's interesting. That is interesting. Let me research something right quick. He is the same size as is of of of, of Taysom Hill, y'all. Uh, he is he is the same. He's six two two thirty five, and Taysom six two two thirty something. So that is very interesting. You know, that is very interesting. The use check is 32. Taysom's 33. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Jack says, yeah, they're about the same size. That is very interesting, Randy. 
That is very interesting. That is very interesting, man. And that could work. And I was thinking about, man, we need to get a Kyle use check. We got, we got one. His name is Taysom Hill. If we use him like that, that would be very interesting. That would be, that would be something else. Wouldn't it be? That'll be awesome. I right, so anyway, fam, let's, let's, let's get into this video, man. Y'all continue. Y'all ask the questions here. I'm going to play. We're going to react to this Dennis Allen piece that he did with the NFL network. So if y'all put one in the chat, if y'all can hear, here we go. All right, welcome back to the NFL Report. And, JP, I am so looking forward to this because we are now joined by yeah. New Orleans Saints head coach Dennis Allen. I've known D.A. way back. Gosh, it's been about 15 years we go back, D.A., back to Atlanta. And, I, I, first off, thanks for joining us. But we, we wanted to have you on because this has been such an eventful offseason in terms of changing of your coaching staff. On, on the offensive side, you hire Clint Kubiak as your offensive coordinator just kind of what went into that, and what are you expecting now for your offense? Is, is it is it going to be a radical change or just something you think fits philosophically what you want to do with this team? Yeah, well, look, obviously we went through an extensive uh, search in terms of interviewing a lot of people for uh, this position. I think we, I think we interviewed uh, 11 or 12 offensive coordinator candidates, mm-hmm. a lot of really qualified guys. Uh, I felt like, you know, we really needed to do a deep dive into uh, a a lot of different schemes and a lot of different personalities uh, I wanted to really look at, you know, what was going to be the best fit for the New Orleans Saints, for our players that we have here and the things that we need to try to get accomplished. And uh, I felt like Clint Kubiak was uh, obviously the, 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 the person of choice, and, and uh, I've, I've known Clint for a long time. Uh, I, I feel like I've known the family for, you know, probably over uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, I remember watching Clint's dad, Gary, play quarterback back at Texas A&M, uh, you know, yeah. growing up. So I feel like, I, I feel like I've known this family. Uh, I feel like I've, I've known uh, this scheme. Um for a long time, and, and and I feel like this is the best scheme um, that gives your players the best chance to have success, the 